This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Inside Access with Jason Lacanfora and Ken Wyman. Sponsored by Stevenson University Online. 105.7 The Fan. You know, I think good players and great players make everybody around them better. Would you agree with that? You know, we've got a number of guys on our, on our defense that do that, and you add another guy like that into the mix. I mean, he's a, he's a really good player. Everybody knows it. And what a great job he did to come in and learn the defense so quickly. I mean, he, was, he had no issues out there at all as far as knowing what to do. And wow. Harbs was on a roll, but he got cut off. He's talking, obviously. He wanted to lay out and listen to this JFA like the rest of us. I don't know what this is, or JFA for that matter. Jody Foster's Army. That's what this band's called? Yes. Wow. Uh, Anyhow, Roquan Smith, impressive. Plays like a raven. I told you guys. Wait till you see him in the purple and black. He He plays like a raven. We talked on uh, yesterday about him setting the tone, those back-to-back tackles against uh, Alvin Kamara. He's impressive, and we expect him to be an every-down guy when they come back from the bye. No more 76%. We're getting full-blown Raquan. Full-blown Roquan. Roquan, 100%. 100% in honor of Stone Cold Felt. Yes. Full-blown in honor of our friend, Dr. Jerry Aloysius Coleman. R.I.P. Well, he's, no, he's yeah, very he's much very among much the living, Gigi. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know you're quick to kill people off. I don't mean, I just mean he's not here anymore is what I'm saying. Uh Rest in peace is used one way. Yeah. I use it in multiple ways. Yeah. I think like when, dot, dot, dots and yes, tweets mean yeah, yes. sarcasm. Yes, they do. I, I'm very interested to see Roquan Smith as this season progresses. The bye week coming at a great time where he can really just dive into this defensive playbook. But I think there's a very strong chance by the end of the year that he has the green dot. And then it gives him even more flexibility on the back end where Chuck Clark he doesn't have to play every snap. No, no doubt about it. Let's hear more from John Harbaugh. Talks about Kenyon Drake getting better as the season goes on. Well, like I said, I think, the, I think the blocking is improving. You know, obviously all the reads, all the things we do, you know, we've we had some good scheme stuff. So, you know, give everybody credit. It's a team effort. But also he is getting a feel, Garrett, for, you know, the way the, the schemes work. You know, the footwork. We went a lot of different kind of midline schemes that a lot of people don't use, you know. So I think he's getting a feel for, you know, where his feet are going to be, where his eyes are going to be, you know, where the blocks are coming from. And uh, the different fronts sometimes, you know, where those guys are lined up and how those plays are going to be blocked, he's probably getting a better feel for all that. We talked a few, uh, I guess probably Tuesday, but we've talked about it in the past. There was a point in time we thought Kenyon Drake looked a lot like the guys, the AARP guys mm-hmm. they had a year ago. 
And now all of a sudden, whether it's a function of the line or a function of him or a combination, he's their lead back right now and having success. Getting the job done. And I think this is a situation not to completely discredit King on Drake, but I don't think it's a coincidence that ever since this offensive line has gotten settled that King on Drake is doing a heck of a lot better. The Giants game where that was Stanley's second game and he pretty much played every snap there was his first 100-yard performance in a couple of years. And now in the absence of Gus Edwards on Monday, he rose to the occasion. Look, I, I think when Gus Edwards gets back, we're gonna see the we're gonna see them ride. Like not not that anybody's gonna get twenty five carries here, right? Because they don't have to do that. There's there's enough division of labor. Mm-hmm. But I, I think this theme thing will be humming at maximum effectiveness or maximum productivity, or whatever you want to call it, when they get Gus back on the other side of this thing. No doubt about it. Uh, I've just said no doubt about it in response to one of you and two straight questions. I just realized that. But, yeah, they're, they're, you talk about divisional Your lines already in Nashville. <laughs> well, we're making You're great already points. on Broadway. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I, I think it's more that. We're making you guys, great points. Both you and T-Bone have made exceptional points. <laughs> yeah. So, like, where do I go? Like, you go to Nashville. <laughs> Ditto. Get that vacation in early. Uh, it's not. No, my my heart and mind are here. Okay, with Hattie you guys, B's, man. He's thinking about that Nashville hot chicken. Uh, I don't blame. You him. know what I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about Kyle Hamilton uh-huh. and how well he's played of late and him getting increasing snaps. Nice. Well, Harps, how about that increase in snaps? Well, he has been. You know, I mean, when you do, you know, you, you get some responsibility and do well with it, then you you you, hope, you earn more responsibility. That's just how it works. You know, in in life and in football, and he's done that. You know, he's. He's, he's a rookie, you know, and he came out there and, you know, he had a tough sledding the first couple games. Like, uh, but he didn't get down on himself. The guys didn't get down on him. They just kept pushing him, and uh, he was he was open to it. He was he was uh, he was a willing uh, willing to listen to wise counsel, and it's paid off for him, you know. And uh, we've got him in some good spots down in there, uh, doing some things in nickel and dime spots. And then you can use disguises and run him back out as a safety when they think he's maybe coming. Very versatile player down there. He's tackling so well, so playing hard. He's a good blitzer. You know, I don't know that we knew that. You know, when we drafted him. He's he's a really good blitzer. So, yeah, he he keeps growing every every week. He surprised them, Jason. They didn't know about his blitzing ability before they brought him in the building. Yeah, look, I, I think they kind of sold him as a Swiss Army knife who could do pretty much anything you ask. Yeah, and th- th- that may very well be what he grows into. Um, and the more premium athletes you can surround them with like a Roquan Smith, the better. So you brought up many times bone going back to Marlon, right? And his learning curve. And you, you could talk about it with a lot of young defensive backs and you know, what they look like in September and October of their rookie seasons versus what they look like in December. And that may very well be the case for him as well. I, I'm just kind of thinking, about like matchups and when we're kind of learn this or that. I'm like going through the schedule in my head. Like Cal Pitts, right? That'll be an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Like Jacksonville, not really tight end team. Carolina, not really a tight end team. Um, you know, rematch with the Browns. You know, Joku You're should joking. be back for that yeah. one. We saw what that thing looked like three uh, weeks did ago. Did not look good. Not great. So I, I yeah, I'm very interested to look like look Fire at what me. some of these matchups look like when they face teams that. 
like when they faced Tampa, they were out of tight ends. The Saints don't really have tight ends. And the Browns were working them with tight ends until the best one got hurt. So that's the last three games. Heck, the Bengals, where that was the low point for him. The P.I. Yeah. with Hayden Hurst, he played a season-low 14 snaps. And I give him all the credit here. I, I didn't expect him to ramp up in snaps this quickly, where it was 22%, 45 35 and then 53 and 75%. And that's a credit to his level of play. And I, I firmly believe he's not playing tentative. He's a lot more confident. I thought he was going to ramp up more after the bye week, but this is a great development. Justin Houston has been playing out of, out of his mind. He's Defensive Player of the Week in the AFC. And John Harbaugh talks about Houston in that impressive streak of uh, games with two-plus two sacks. Yeah, I mean, it's a really a good problem to have in the sense that we're going to – we're adding these guys. You know, I mean, JPP came in. That was an addition for us. You know, Dafe, of course, you know, you saw he took all those snaps early. So did Justin. You know, Ty is coming back. Um, the job will maybe on the horizon at some point, but well, not maybe. He will be. Uh, it's uh, it's a good it's a good thing you know and I feel like you know Justin is he's, he's having a, a great year at this stage of his career and to me it's a credit to him in so many ways but it's uh, it's a credit to him in the sense that he really worked hard I mean you know as you get older one thing I learned watching that the Ed Reeds Ray Lewis's Terrell Suggs's those guys Halodis when you get a little bit older you got to work that much harder you know just to stay the same you know just to be able to play to stay healthy and to be able to perform. And he did that. He really put the work in. He's in just probably – I he might tell you the best shape of his career. I don't know, but he's in great shape. Justin Houston in great shape. We, your, your buddy uh, Carp uh, wrote a piece talking about he, he considered retirement. And my then, cousin. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, your cousin Carp. Did, but I say buddy. my buddy, buddy too. He's your buddy. You guys hang out, have beers. Yeah, family. Yeah, he is family. Uh, he had a piece about him considering retirement. Yeah. You can be buddies with your family. I definitely am. He's friend I mean. and family. Todd Karpovich, friend yes. and family. He's both. He's both. He well, checks both boxes. He does. He gets the blue check. A double mark. checker. Uh, he thought about retirement, Justin Houston, and now he's second in the NFL in sacks. It's crazy. Um, we thought he was better than his numbers last year. We thought bringing him back made sense, but I don't know that anybody thought he would make this kind of an impact, especially when he gets – Hurt early in the year, and you're thinking, oh, man, soft tissue, this could be a problem, older guy. And he comes back, and he's the most effective on a per-snap basis pass rusher in the league over the last three weeks. That's nuts. And I think Harbs makes a good point when talking about the work that he put in this offseason. And I think it's very easy to forget with how well he's been doing this year. He came in late. So clearly he was working his butt off when he wasn't under contract. Hey, coming up in about uh, 20 minutes, we're going to hear from some of the position coaches. James Urban talked yesterday. T. Martin, Zach Orr, Chris Hewitt. We'll hear from them as uh, the Ravens head into the bye week six and three. They'll be back next week, start preparing for the Carolina Panthers. But coming up next, we'll try to make you some money. It's a Wednesday. Tim, Tim Murray from VEASAN joins us next. You're on the fan. Inside Access with Jason Kahn. Inside Access pushes the legal limit. High Rollers with Jason and Ken. 105.7 The Fan. It's a Wednesday, which means it's time to uh, talk to our buddy, 
Uh, Tim Murray from VEASAN, who joins us courtesy of the Ashley Furniture Guest Hotline. And Tim, thanks as always for joining us. I, I want to start with the college football rankings. Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Michigan 3, TCU 4. Since they've started this system, we either Alabama or Clemson has been in the college football playoff, but it looks like neither is going to be this year. Is there a way in for either of them, in your opinion? There's a way in, but it's pretty complicated. And uh, I'll start with Alabama, who is number nine, Ken. Uh, obviously, they now have two losses. They lose to Tennessee. They lose last weekend to LSU. Uh, Alabama needs to win the SEC. How do they do that? Well, obviously, they need to win out from here on out, beating Ole Miss this weekend on the road and then beating Auburn in the Iron Bowl. But they need a lot of help. They need LSU to lose twice. Uh, which would be a, a road game this weekend against Arkansas, which is certainly possible. You look at the line, and it's only three in favor of the Bayou Bengals. And then LSU would also need to lose to Texas A&M. If that all happens, all you have to do is beat Georgia, which seems like an easy thing to do, considering no one has done that yet. Both uh, Tennessee and, and Oregon, who are in the top ten, were absolutely hammered by uh, Georgia. So that's the path for Alabama. It is very very challenging. As for Clemson guys, I don't know if I see a path left for them. I mean, I know they could win the ACC and carnage could happen, but you go to Notre Dame and you get obliterated like that, and I felt like most people in the college football world were already kind of like, oh, I don't know if this Clemson team has it, and then you go and play an unranked Notre Dame team. Now they're number 20 in the polls, but you lose by 21 points, and you look at some of the advanced box scores, like Bill Conley always puts out the advanced box score after each and every game. I mean, he said it was a 29-point game, so it wasn't even, you know, it was even a bigger margin. So Clemson has to obviously run the table, beat North Carolina in an ACC championship, but I think the number 10 ranking is pretty telling of what the committee thinks of Clemson right now, especially after that loss. So I think... Both are really, really, really hard to pull off. Uh, but as crazy as it sounds, I think Alabama might even have a better shot. Uh, but both, I think both, to your point, Ken, uh, will not be in the playoff this year. Tim, I'm always amused by giant point spreads in college. Yep. And Ohio State's hosting Indiana, <laughs> and they're favored by 40 points. And it's a conference game. I get that Indiana's terrible. Do you just avoid those type of games? where when Te- a Tease it to that- 50. Yeah, like what? You know, sometimes, Tim, it's, it's nice to have it. And you're like, you're sitting there in the first quarter, and you're like, all right, you know what? I got 40 points to work with here. And then it quickly goes away. Uh, more often than not, uh, I try to avoid them. Um, you know, I'm in a, a, a college football pick 'em contest out here in Las Vegas, and you have to pick eight games every week. And I, I'm with a partner, and uh, he he tried to he convinced me to take Colorado last week. I think they were like a 21 and a half point underdog, and they lost by like 30. So uh, yeah, it, it's uh, sometimes it is advantageous. You know, Colorado on Friday night against USC. You have to wonder, Tim, when you look at these big spreads, you know, what's the motivation of the team? Is there an opportunity ahead? I would be intrigued to take a team like Colorado, even though they're god-awful, to play a team like USC catching 34. And here's the reason, because USC next week has to play UCLA. So is there going to be a point in time where Lincoln Riley on, on Friday night says, you know what, call off the dogs, we don't want any injuries, 
our most important game of the season is, is next week against UCLA. So I do think sometimes, Tim, if you look at what's ahead for particular teams, maybe it is advantageous to, uh, you know, to back a big dog. Or sometimes you back Rutgers like I did last weekend, and they're catching 26 and a half or up at halftime and still don't cover against Michigan. I don't know how that happened, but that's what happened last Saturday night. All right, enough of all that. They've buried the lead. <laughs> we know. We know what time it is. We are Max, mere baby. hours away from action. We had doubled action last night. Yeah. Double barrel action. Better yet. Triple. What are we Triple. looking at? What are we looking at? Uh, well, I think I told you guys over the summer when we got in the weeds of some college football that I, I love me some Bowling Green Falcons this year. Mm-hmm. They've already cashed me one ticket. They went over three and a half wins. Bowling Green has not been to a bowl game in like seven years. Uh, last week, Kansas, very motivated, got to a bowl, bowl eligibility for the first time in a decade and a half. And tonight, Bowling Green's at home. They're playing Kent State. Uh, Kent State, I think, has been a little overvalued because they played the likes of Oklahoma and Washington a little close early on in the year. I think you get a full effort from Bowling Green, uh, and I think Bowling Green wins tonight. They're a two-and-a-half-point underdog. So uh, if, you, if you're looking for a little intrigue tonight, let's all, let's all rally together, Baltimore. Yeah. I'm here for Bowling Green. Get them to bowl eligibility, baby. Bowling Green tonight. Talking to Tim Murray from v Inside Access here on the fan. Tim, I want to go back to the rankings because you got Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Michigan 3, TCU 4, and the loser of the Ohio State-Michigan game. Assuming they drop out, what do you – as we're sitting here week 11, what -hmm. do you think this thing's going to look like when the dust settles? It's a great question, Ken, and obviously a lot of scenarios can unfold. Um, But I've talked about the last two nights on my show – about Tennessee, and I think Tennessee's in really good shape. And I was a bit surprised to see them behind TCU last night, but I really don't think it matters. Tennessee right now, their resume, yes, they lost to Georgia, and it wasn't really particularly close. I actually think the score was uh, less of an indicator of how close that game was. It was it was a thorough butt-whipping. But Tennessee has beaten LSU by four touchdowns on the road. Uh, LSU is number seven in, in the most rate, uh, you know, the, the most recent rankings here. They beat Alabama. They beat Kentucky, who rechecked into the top 25 by 38 points. The resume is really good. Strength of schedule, number two. Strength of record, number two. Game control is number two. So I think Tennessee's in some good shape here because I do anticipate, as you alluded to, Ken, Michigan and, and Ohio State play each other. They're in the same division in the Big Ten. So the winner of that game de facto eliminates the loser. Um, There's a possibility, I guess, that Ohio State and Michigan could get in. But the way I see it playing out, I think Georgia is 13-0. They've proven that so far. They are in. If you're Tennessee, you really want Georgia to run the table because LSU, after their win last week, guys, if they run the table and they beat Georgia, you're not leaving out a two-loss SEC champion. It's just not happening. Georgia will get in regardless of the outcome of the SEC title. And then I think the Pac-12 is the most interesting thing of it all because I think next weekend, guys, is the weekend where a lot of things start to get figured out. So you've got Utah's got two losses. You've got Oregon, who has one loss. They play each other next weekend in Eugene. UCLA and USC play each other 
uh, in L.A. next weekend. Essentially, the winner of those two games will play each other two weeks later in the Pac-12 championship. And I think if Oregon with one loss, I think USC with one loss, UCLA with one loss, I think they all get into the college football playoffs. So I think the Pac-12 has a good opportunity, barring USC losing a non-conference game to Notre Dame the last weekend of the regular season, or Utah upsetting the apple cart. And then the last question to long-winded is what happens with TCU? Look, great story. Sonny Dykes has done a phenomenal job there in his first year. I think they're frauds. I do. I, I don't think they're frauds in the sense that they don't deserve to be a top-10 team. But, guys, they were down by 18 points to Kansas State. Then the backup quarterback got hurt, and they had to face a third-string quarterback. They faced a backup quarterback against Kansas. They have been very fortunate. They were trailing going into the fourth quarter against Texas Tech last week. A bogus uh, face mask call really changed the tenor of that game last weekend. So, TCU, I'll just put it this way. The odds makers don't believe in TCU. They're a touchdown underdog this week on the road at Texas. Texas has three losses. So, you can draw your own conclusions. I find it very hard to imagine that TCU runs the table and goes to the playoffs. So I think right now it'll be Oregon – or sorry, it'll be Georgia, Pac-12 champ, Big Ten champ, and Tennessee in the playoff in a couple of weeks. Well, Tim, let's end you with the uh, Terps. Terps had a massive dud last week at, at Wisconsin. Now they're playing Penn State. They're 10-point underdogs. What's your lean there? Uh, Tim, no, no uh, official play here. I would like to see a little bit of a bounce back here for, uh, for the Terps. Uh, but I'll keep it local here uh, in, in Baltimore. They're there at MT Bank on Saturday. Uh, betters are thinking that Navy's going to keep things close against Notre Dame. So Notre Dame's coming off the win over Clemson, guys. Uh, this line opened at 19. It's down to 15 and a half. Uh, so they're really believing that this is a massive letdown spot for Notre Dame. Uh, one professional better that I talked to, yesterday that bet navy plus 17 and a half hmm. just kind of pointed out the fact that notre dame doesn't win by margin now i know they won by 21 last week but you know one of the crazier numbers this year in college football is notre dame against the spread when it's either when they're either they're an underdog or a favorite of a touchdown or less they're five and zero against the spread that includes outright wins over north carolina syracuse byu clemson and a cover against ohio state but when they are a favorite of a touchdown or more, they lost outright to Marshall. They lost outright to Stanford. They barely beat Cal, and they didn't cover against UNLV. So uh, I'll tell you this, um, you know, bettors in the betting market believe that Navy, maybe not as live, but is going to keep things close. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the way the betting market is trending right now. So we'll see how it plays out noon on Saturday at M&T Bank, but uh, could be a, could be an interesting one between the mids and the Irish on uh, on Saturday. Tim Murray, let the people know what's going on at Veasan. Yeah, each and every weekday, myself, Sean King, who is uh, a proud Tulane alum, and uh, is a little bummed out that College Game Day is going to Austin and not New Orleans for the Tulane UCF game this weekend. But uh, we chatted, we we chop it up each and every night, six to nine p.m. Eastern. And if uh, you do want your fill of college football. Uh, make sure to check out the College Football Betting Podcast. We'll have a new episode for you on Thursday, uh, breaking down the entire card of college football. Tim Murray, thanks as always, buddy. We'll talk next week.
All right, boys. Talk to you soon. Go Bowling Green. (laughs) Inside Access here on a Wednesday. We'll come back and we'll hear from some of the Ravens coaches. They don't talk very often. Actually, this is the one time they're going to talk in season. So we'll hear from James Urban, quarterback coach, T. Martin, Zach Orr. That's next here on The Fan. Inside Access on The Fan. Baltimore's only 24-hour sports station. 1057. The Fan. There's things that uh, last night that I saw that I, I, I continue to see him grow with, you know, things that uh, might not jump out to the naked eye, but, you know, as his coach, you know, I love the fact that he's carrying out fakes when, when we run the ball. Um, you know, he's such a threat as a runner that, you know, when he continues to carry out his fakes and take great pride in that, he's all eyes on him and, and we can hold two or three guys on the back end even if just for a step, and, and you see those types of things are where I really see him growing. That's James Urban, a quarterback coach of the Baltimore Ravens, uh, and, and we don't get to hear from James Urban that often. I guess you hear him hear from him during training camp and now, and then we won't hear from him again probably till the offseason at best, but he's talking about happy with Lamar and the read option, and they're, get, they're making a lot of hay with that read option, whether it be uh, Kenyon Drake or – J.K. Dobbins when he's healthy or Gus Edwards, but Lamar of late looking very good in the read option. Well, there was a point three or four weeks into the season where the pistol runs were not that effective for them, and you're kind of wondering, okay, are they going to be able to get this going? And they got, as we talked about the opening of the show, got healthier on the offensive line, um, got a few more options back in the run game, and then things really started to take off, and that is their lifeblood right now. I think that's when, when... they need they've shown it when they need to to put games away and and when they need to flex their muscles that's what they lean into and two straight weeks they ran for over 20 times in the second half of games and that's how they've built leads and held leads and not give leads away so i think we're going to see a lot more of that and how many times lamar keeps it and how many times he pulls it out of somebody's belly and pitches it to somebody else um remains to be seen but it's cranking right now, and Kenyon Drake has it going, and Justice Hill could do more of it if they needed him to. And like I said before, when Gus comes back, I think you'll see it hit another level. They found their identity, and they've really bludgeoned teams into submission. And when the Orioles, or Orioles, when the Ravens were blowing those fourth quarter leads early on in the season, yeah, the defense was at fault. They weren't getting crucial stops, but the offense wasn't able to sustain drives, and they weren't getting much out of their running backs. And gave this stat earlier, first two games of the season, there were 29 carries by the running backs. 16 of the 29 carries were one yard or worse. So it just shows you how much they've grown since then. And part of that growth is the offensive line, and James Urban talks about the importance of the O-line in Lamar's success. Yeah, I mean, they they fight like crazy up front. They do a heck of a job with identification and assignment, and then um, they strain. And then when you have an, uh, a mobile quarterback like Lamar, he he can make some things right, you know, because we're blocking some really good players too. Uh but the pass protection is where it all starts. Um, I know Lamar is uh, f- looks and feels very comfortable in the pocket right now. So, um, we, you know, it's it's a challenge every week. There's some great player on the other side or a great scheme that we have to take care of, and they've been doing a great job with it. Since the return of Ronnie Stanley, 
and Morgan Moses getting healthy after what was on the MetLife turf. He got dinged up a little bit, came back the next week, but didn't look right. Jason, this offensive line has been absolutely playing their yeah. rear ends off. No, there's, that's where it all starts. And they're able to road grade people. They're able to muscle people even when they know, hey, it's probably another run. And that's when you start to bend people's will. And that's when you really start dominating time of possession. And that's where they are right now. And unlike years past where it's been a lot of piecemeal and patchwork and playing people out of position or rotating left guards because you don't really trust any of them or rotating right tackles because you don't really trust any of them over the long haul, full four-quarter sample size, they've now got five guys who they're going to try to have play as many snaps together as humanly possible. And hopefully health will cooperate. They've surely endured enough um, injuries up there in the past. But, yeah, that's – they said they were going to fix their offensive line. For the first time in three years, their offensive line looks fixed. Oh, it's night and day over the past couple of years. And we always take PFF's ratings with a grain of salt, but PFF and ESPN's analytics for pass protection, they got a score of 98 out of 100 uh, against the Saints. So pretty unbelievable there. And the offense... Sure, it's going to go as Lamar Jackson takes them, and Lamar can mask things when uh, plays break down because of the offensive line, but they are doing a great job with protection up front. Let's uh, call an audible here, Stone. Cut 31. Let's hear from wide receiver coach T. Martin. Talks about Devin DuVernay's versatility. Right. Uh, he's, he's a very important piece to what we do, similar to like how we use Pat Ricard and how we use our tight ends. Devin DuVernay... Uh, cannot be underestimated with his value in our offense because he can line up in the slot, he can line up outside, he can line up in the backfield, he can take pitches, he can take sweeps, um, blocking, so on and so forth. So uh, it opens up a lot of things for Lamar and the running backs as well because you cannot uh, disregard him on the perimeter. And you saw uh, Thursday Night Football, the touchdown on the uh, jet sweep. So. Um, people can't just say we're faking it to him every time because there is an opportunity for him to get the ball there. They were faking it to him Monday night because he only had one touch. Uh, but anyhow, there is a ton of versatility with Devin Duvernay. Yeah, and look, we we I think we all feel they're going to there's going to be plenty of volume in that run game for weeks to come because it's it's again it's their bread and butter, it's their lifeblood, it's their pulse, it's what's going to carry them offensively. Uh, and, and they can set a lot of stuff up off of it, but when that's humming, then the things we don't feel as strongly about get minimized. Um, every game's different. It, the the it's right the game flow, what's working for you, what the other team's doing. Um, could they have used Duvernay more? Sure, we ran for 188 yards in the second half. They ran it at will, like I. You know, uh, I'm sure that he was a part of the game plan. They didn't get there that much early. And I don't know that they needed it late. You know, I I have a hard time, nit- like, I have a hard time kind of like, because who are you putting this on, right? Like, if the contention is there wasn't enough Duvernay, then you're kind of putting it on, the coordinator for the most part, right? And mm-hmm. then I guess somewhat on Lamar. But Lamar didn't really even have the opportunity to hand it off to him that much. So I guess you're putting it on the coordinator. 
And I'm like, I don't know, man. They didn't have their top two running backs, and they yeah. still almost ran for 200 yards. Like, I, I, you know, like I. It's hard to be critical. Like, yeah, I mean, what? I, I'm a big Duvernay guy, but what am I going to stand here and bitch about it? I mean, I, it, it is what it is. They did. They it was effective. You're, you're, you know, it would be nitpicking, but I'm going to nitpick. I feel like I've been screaming to a brick wall uh, when it comes to Devin Duvernay. And Greg Roman has been awesome this year. We talked about it earlier. We're going to talk about it again. And we got a pull up, up yeah. at IA1057 The Fan on Twitter. But remember a couple games ago when uh, Greg Roman was saying, yeah, put some exclamation points, get Duvernay the ball. It's not just a Monday night thing against the Saints, Jason. It's it's been all year long, and it's it's puzzling why they aren't giving him the ball more. Inside access coming up next here on the the show. TMI with TIM. It's fine, kind of uh, good time to find out what T Bone's thinking and what you got. Well, Ken, you're going to Nashville um, yes. for a nice extended Some would say weekend. he's already maybe halfway nah, checked out there. Nah, no, I would not. I would never. We'll, we'll get more into that at, yeah. at the end of TMI. But we usually do this on Fridays, but with Ken being out tomorrow and Friday and me being out Friday, we're going to give our best bets for week 10, week 10 in the NFL. That's next on Inside Access. Inside Access on the Fan. Hot takes from the guy behind the glass. I'm in a glass case of emotion. TMI with TIM. TMI. TMI, my friends. Inside Access. 1057 The Fan. It is T-Bone time, ladies and gentlemen. TMI with TIM and floor is yours. We're moving up our best bets this week because, Kenny, you're going to be living the dream in Nashville. Well, seeing my buddy Sean's 50th birthday. He's already down there. Hey, man, seeing, seeing the next... So are you. Big no, I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> seeing the next big country music star. Oh, I can't wait. I love it's, country music. It's going to be country and western. That's uh, country and western, yes. yes yeah. Prefer Jer- the western. Well, starting out, Jeremy Connie's a heck of a lot better than me at this stuff. And he likes, you know, the fishy lines. What's the fishy line this week? It's the Germany game. Bucks minus three? What? What? It doesn't make any sense. Seattle, they've won four straight. The Bucks, they have been struggling immensely. They did get off the schneid. But it's Seattle in Munich. I mean, that's a that's a bit of a haul. It is. By the way, can I just bring something up? So Tim has mentioned like four times that I'm going to Nashville. But he has not mentioned once that he's not in on Friday No, either. I said that going yeah, to break. I said that in my tease. I don't know I've heard it. I, I said that know. in my... Jason. He's taking so, one day off for a wedding. I, you're, ta- you're going to I, Nashville for five I, days. I, I am not... Dis- get, taking two days off. I am yeah, not... But you're dis- there like all weekend, aren't you? Uh, yeah. It's a long five days in Nashville? That's awesome. I would it's not like it's Rome or it's something. Four. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Kenny. Uh, it's a lot of days. Ken, I'm not disparaging you. I, I am I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm disparaging you. I would love to be in Nashville. I'm going to Virginia for a rehearsal dinner. Everybody loves Virginia. <laughs> it's do. for lovers. Virginia is. is for lovers. Which, coincidentally, it's the wedding. But whatever. Bucks minus three. You, you're I'm at a wedding? Them. I'm shocked. Uh, yeah, I know. But, so off brand. Bucks minus three. I'm taking them there. The line's fishy. And then... I like the under there, but I wouldn't touch anything else. Cowboys, and also worth pointing this out, Tom Brady in international games, he's 3-0. Oh, Averages 3.3 touchdown passes per yes, game. Yes, he is. Dallas, I'm taking them, minus 4.5. Packers, they're a dumpster fire. The Mike McCarthy revenge, revenge game. game. Yeah, I like it too. 
The only thing that concerns me is the Cowboys have not been good against the run, but Aaron Jones, obviously, he's banged up. A.J. Dillon, meh. And then I'm going Titans minus two and a half against Denver. We know how I feel about Russ cooking. He is cooked. They got off the schneid a couple weeks ago because they had their bye last week um, with Jacksonville, and they won that game 21-17. to It was ugly. They won it at the end. Titans, they really played Kansas City tough, and I, I like the Titans at least winning this game by a field goal. Ken, you're you're, you're, you're the lead you're leader. Insanely yeah. hot, dude. Uh, yeah, you we have to. We got to get stoned. Updated. I went two and one last week, so I'm eighteen and nine on the year. Uh, I so the games I'm looking at this weekend. The first one is the Chicago Bears at home minus three against the Putrid Lions. Putrid against everyone except Green Bay, I guess. Yeah. But the Bears offense got clicking this past week against Miami. They're home against the Lions. The Lions defense usually terrible. I'm taking the Bears minus three. Uh, and the next game that I'm looking at, Monday Night Football, I like the Commanders plus 11. Like I don't expect them to win number. the game, it's a big number. but I can see backdoor cover opportunities. Caesars has got that one down to ten and a half now. Yeah, I, I could see backdoor cover opportunities. Taking the Commanders plus eleven, I know Stone's probably taking that one as well. So I, I, I thought about not for that very reason. And then finally, Rams hosting the Cardinals. Cardinals are an absolute dumpster fire. It's good that they extended everyone. I know the Rams aren't great, but they're good enough to beat the Cardinals at home by three or more. I'll take the Rams minus three against the Cardinals. Now, you know Stafford's in the concussion protocol. I do know that. Okay. Just making sure you're aware. Um, I'm a little worried because I'm on some of the same games as the Bone. Uh, <laughs> Am I the new stone? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. I just, just stated a fact. We're looking at some of the same stuff. I've been riding the Titans. I'm going to continue to ride them. Uh, I think they'll be able to run the ball on Denver. I'm not super concerned about who the quarterback is. Uh, I don't think Denver's going to be able to move the ball much at all on that defense, and I think they'll have Russell Wilson under pressure. I really like Jeffrey Simmons, what they're doing up front right now. So I'm with the bone on that one. I'll lay the two and a half with the Titans. Down with the bone. Um, I got to get in on this freak show. I got to fade Jim Irsay. I mean, I thought about that. They're one. going. I mean, uh, you see who ended Raiders. up. They, they finally the found Raiders. a 30-year-old to call plays yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. The- like, I, you've got Frank Reich's staff who went there because they love Frank, Frank Reich, right? And they've watched this owner systematically cut Frank Reich into pieces for three weeks and then fire him. And now we're supposed to prop up Jeff Saturday, who we have no ties to, to help this owner who just basically bailed on our season by forcing us to play a quarterback that nobody thought was ready. I just can't think that works. I mean, six might be a big number, but I just, I'm not buying anything that Ursay's doing right now. Um, he's trying to tank and I think he'll be successful. Give me the, the uh, Raiders to win by a touchdown or more. And then I'm with the bone on the pack, uh, on the pack game. I, I just think they're broken. They're done. Dallas is coming off of, of uh, a lot of rest. Uh, Dallas's defense is going to give them fits. Uh, they're going to be able to run the ball on them. I'm hoping Zeke is still banged up because Pollard will really gash him if, if you know, Kellen Moore is allowed to ride him. I'm going with America's team there, uh, and that is, what, five? Lane five? Stony baloney. Coming off a 2-0 in one week. Riding it's the heater now here, four guys. And a half. It's now four and a half, Bone. Yeah, yeah, that's what I have. Four and a half. Okay. That's what I have. 
I'm going to start off here in Kansas City. I got the Chiefs minus nine and a half against the Jags. You're taking... I just, uh, the Jags got lucky last week against the Raiders, and I don't think the Chiefs let them come back in this one. No. No backdoor covers. No backdoor no, covers. No. Okay. Moving on to our second game, Tim, I got to disagree with you. I got uh, Seattle plus three in Munich. Oh, oh. Just because? So are, any... are you saying better quarterback? Geno Smith better yeah, right now quarterback. Better quarterback. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hold and on. the Stone Cold Lock of the Weekend, you had it. Commanders <laughs> plus 11 Dude, in Philly. Stoney's Commanders. Trappy <laughs> Trap game for the Eagles. Trappy Traps, wow. <laughs> Busted out Trappy Trap. Wow. Uh, you realize this game isn't in that huge home field advantage that is FedEx <laughs> Field, though. You know it's in Philly. Commanders fans travel, man. Oh, they do. Boy, that's what they You're say. not worried about Heineke throwing jump balls uh, between the hash marks? Cross your receivers. <laughs> uh, okay. Trappy trap game. Wait, wait. And the other thing, Heineke over Jalen Hurts? I mean, he always goes quarterback. Yeah, it's true. I'm a Heineke guy. What Don't can I say? Don't question his process. Yeah, Don't he- force it. Heineke, big fan of Mountain Dew. He was he, he was undefeated last week. Yeah, We've only almost got killed the bit. 2-0-1. Oh, How many wins is that for you for the season now? Five. In, in ten weeks. Or nine, nine weeks. Nine weeks, yes. That's really good. Well done, he's on, he's, he's on the up. Hey, coming up next, we can't get through a week without documenting our takeaways of said week. And with the Ravens playing on Monday Night Football, the two six-packs from the Ravens game got pushed to Tuesday, which means week nine takeaways. Six-pack next here on The Fan. Inside Access. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.